welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse, and we are coming at you with some in-person energy. For the first time in so long, Jesse! It's so great that you're here! Oh, man! For the first time, we're all sitting in the same room, or on the same microphone. For the first time in over a year? Yeah. Is that possible? Last really? Christmas. Didn't you come out the like la- the last time we recorded it all together was the top five. That's episode. right. The yeah. top Whoa. five. <laughs> That's wild. For 2020, it was top five because we couldn't come up with more than five. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't. I've tried to revisit some from 2020 and I can't find them. But we're here, and not only is this a special episode because Jesse is joining uh, Mike and I in the same room, we are joining Jesse in the same room. But it's also special because this is Jesse's birthday episode and the day we're recording this is actually jesse's birthday that's Woo-hoo! right <laughs> so on this day my wife surprised me with some plane tickets and said i should fly out here to california so here i am on my birthday in california <laughs> i did not expect to be here as of 12 hours ago yeah what a wild ride it's yeah, so it's cool crazy. it's yeah. so cool mike and i have known for like a couple weeks it's, it's been like tearing a month. us up <laughs> How are we going to keep this from him? We've been lying. <laughs> Felt like I was cheating yeah. on you. I, sort I, of. I kept on asking, when are we going to do this episode? You guys kept on not telling me when we're going to record this episode. It's like, well, that's weird. Normally we have the days set for our like recording. way in advance. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, I've been busy. Oh, yeah. I've, I guess at this point I've also been gone for a while. Yeah, this is your welcome back. Ooh, that's, that's right. This is a yeah. big day. It's a it's a confluence <laughs> of multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been gone uh, because we have a foster child in the home, oh, wow. as, as you guys know. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked about it with you guys. Haven't told the audience. Yeah, we have a foster baby. He is a month and a half old, and we have been... Uh, Figuring out how to navigate all of that for the past month. That's a lot. It's it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a journey, but we love him and he's in the house and he's uh, going out to be very healthy and we're happy for that. That's That's incredible. incredible. I mean, that's, I can't think of a better reason to take time off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've all taken time off because of kids. At this Almost point. exclusively, yeah. 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 (laughs) All new children coming into the family, we have traditionally just taken off two or three weeks. Yeah. That's amazing in the last We've got great year. like workplace uh, policies here for like time <laughs> off. It's unpaid. All of this is unpaid. <laughs> That's but... why it's so great. You, know, you can just do whatever you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but like anytime a new kid enters, I don't know, three weeks minimum. Three weeks minimum. Let it go. Yeah. And that's been great. It's been great. Take some time off and adjust and spend time with family. But so when my wife told, bought the tickets and, and told me, uh, I was really happy to be here, but also... I was really happy to finally be able to sleep. (laughs) That was uh, the second thought that crossed my mind. Man, I get to I get to sleep a whole night, a whole night, uninterrupted. (laughs) Not only one, not only two, yeah, but maybe three because you'll get back and you'll be tired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Liz, for setting this up. You're amazing, Liz. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you, Liz. Cheers. Yeah. But we're also here for my birthday episode. Yes, we are. Yes, All we are. right. Speaking so, of trips. Speak, speaking of trips. So it just happened that weeks ago, before I even knew this was happening, I wanted to do movies about car trips in particular, but mm-hmm. trips in general. But the three movies are Dumb and Dumber, The Trip, and Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Woo! 
all movies mostly centered around guys riding in cars, a pair of guys riding in cars going somewhere. Boys riding in cars with boys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I love. All of these have been like ingrained in me for for quite a while now, Uh, usually having something to do with my family. But I've realized over the past few years that I just love movies with, with people riding in cars, talking to each other. There's a movie that's about to come out. Uh, what is it called? In my car, right? Drive, drive, drive my, my car. car. Drive my car. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm so excited to see this movie because it's just about people driving in the car. You're mm. in the car, just yeah. driving, talking about uh, Uncle Vanya. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I love movies that are about two straight males because there's no sexual tension. Yeah. Um, I that's usually what I enjoy. I think Drive My Car is about a boy and a girl. It, a, a man and his younger chauffeur, I believe. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I have no idea what this movie is about. So I'm excited. I mean, um, a Best Pick nominee, we'll see. Yeah. It's been yeah. really hard for normal people to see. But it's coming yeah. out on HBO on March 2nd. Yes. So by the time yeah. this is posted? No. No, a week after, before. But yeah. yeah. No, it's posted next week. It'll be fine. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited about that. I also have loved other, other movies like uh, Tommy Boy or yep. even... Um, Barb and Star. Yeah. Well, even but where do they go? <laughs> they go to Del Mar. They go to Vista Del Mar. Vista Del Mar. <laughs> uh, even though it's not about driving, it's the same idea. They're traveling. Yeah. And I love the traveling portion, but once it hits like the trifecta, yeah. uh, the tr- love triangle thing, it's just like, it's not as interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really love when there's no drama. And usually Hollywood loves to insert as much drama as possible. So whenever there's opposite sex or a lesbian gay couple like that that ruins it for me i don't want that you don't I, want sexual tension in this i don't i yeah. just want to see two people with each other so yeah. i chose these movies that i've always grown up on that i've that i've loved for a really long time um just just people driving together I think it's a really cool choice. And I think that these are three really fun picks because they kind of run the gamut a little bit about the sorts of, of relationships that these two sorts of people on this sort of journey can have. Yeah. Um, so just to be clear, this is the trip. I think it's from 2010 with, mm-hmm. um, whoa, Steve Coogan. Thank you. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, uh, and Rob Morgan. Is that his name? I actually don't know Rob's last name. Rob. They say it multiple times in the movie. Delaney. Um, Rob McElhenney. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Rob. Different Rob. Rob. We do need to look this up. We usually have notes on these episodes, but uh, because this is like Jesse's coming in and we're so excited prepping for Jesse that when yeah. we decided to do this episode, we're just Rob the Bryden. Rob, Rob Bryden. That's yeah. right. Yeah. But this is directed by Michael Winterbottom, who's worked with Steve Coogan uh, many times, um, is an acclaimed auteur in his own right. And oddly, this is actually a miniseries. This this is a franchise, if you want to call it that. Yeah, this <laughs> is, there have been multiple seasons of the show, and what they do is they splice up that miniseries and turn it into a movie. Yeah, every single time. So there's been the trip, and the trip to Italy, and the trip to Greece, and the trip to Spain. Spain. Yeah, right. yeah. So there are four movies, and also the TV shows to back up those movies. Is that is that right? I, I know that it, this this first The Trip is definitely a TV show. I'm not certain if there's other TV shows to back up the other movies, but I do know there's four movies. I've never actually watched a TV show because I don't want I'm to not watch it. 
Yeah, I'm not interested. In that. I don't want this story to be longer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I love this movie because this is the quintessential just two dudes in a car. Yep, yeah. and that's all we have. That's all that supports this. There's no other story. They're reviewing food, and you get to see the food, but you don't get to taste the food. Yeah, so it's not like you're invested in it. They don't even it's... photograph the food particularly well. Yeah, you know, like they they show the food, but it's really kind of. Like these guys, kind of the back and forth thing as they as they do this trip, yeah. Which which neither of them really wants to do. Like Steve Coogan wants to do it um, with his girlfriend, but she's back in America because she's American. She's doing her own thing. He's he's insecure about the status of their relationship. And then yeah. Rob Brydon is kind of taking time out of his own life, but he's getting paid to do this. He's kind of friends with Steve Coogan, but not really. Yeah. Um, he's leaving his wife and kid to do this trip through Northern England. To listen to his extremely pretentious friend lecture on about Northern England, <laughs> <laughs> the bit where he's like, he's just like, um, I think that Northern England has as much identity as Wales. <laughs> like, it doesn't have as much identity. As- you- Northern England? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh, I. I love the back and forth of this movie. I love the banter. I love how they dig into each other. They insult each other. And they're at equal levels. Like, they are both really good at impressions. Yeah. And, like, normally with, like, banter movies, sometimes that kind of drives me up a wall because it's like, well, I could think of something better, but I can't do these impressions as good as they're doing. Right. Absolutely not. So it's so entertaining to see them have like competing Michael Caine impersonators going on. Oh, Michael Caine. See, I can't do it as well. (laughs) No, 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 but I have a question though. I, you know, sidebar. All right. If you remember in The Dark Knight, there's a line where Michael Caine is talking about the the, uh, robber in Burma, right? Yes. Sorry, if I could just like say that with more marbles in my mouth. (laughs) Burma. Um, it's a really implied art, <laughs> yeah. but he talks about how he had a ruby. And then he says the words, the size of a tangerine. Now I would like from each of you, your best impression of Michael Caine saying, quote, a ruby, the size of a tangerine. Now, as as I know it's your birthday, so I'm not going to make you go first. Okay. And I just sprung this on you, Mike, so I'm not going to make you go first. I will go first. I will be the sacrificial lamb here. All right? Okay. <clears throat> I just came up with this, by the way. I have not been practicing. <clears throat> I, I don't believe that. I have not been. Although, if you count me being a teenager and watching The Dark Knight um, 50 times, then yes, I have it. A ruby the size of a tangerine. Very good. Does he say, doesn't he say tangerian? No, it's a it's a it's a ruby, the size of a tangerine. That's not as good, Jesse. <laughs> the words quote a ruby the size of a tangerine delivered in a Michael Caine accent. A ruby the size of a tangerine. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all, <laughs> Michael. I hate a ruby you for doing this. The I'm size so bad at of a tangerine. A ruby, the size. So- <laughs> A ruby. <laughs> a ruby. <laughs> nope, nope, I'm done. That's it. That's as far as I you ha- can. You have, you have to do the whole... Just try it. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm not going to look at you. You just try it. The whole thing. A ruby the size of a tangerine. <laughs> that was respectable. That's a respectable English gentleman. A ruby 
the size. I f*** you guys. <laughs> you voluntarily decided to do it again. <laughs> Ruby. The size. Of an orange. Uh, <laughs> you were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Oh, I can't even do it. Shit was only I'm Michael Kine. <laughs> Shit was only 16. <laughs> she was only 15 years old. It's got to be more nasal. It's got to be more. The ruby. The size of a tangerine. It's it's not, I, I don't know. How do you do it? Oh, it's a ruby. It was a ruby. Of the tangerine. It was a ruby. The size. No, no. The it, size. You're two, you're two in the front of your mouth. In the back one. It's a ruby the size of a tangerine. It was That's really ruby. good. The size of a tangerine. You're getting closer. You're only thing. supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. All right, sidebar. We're going to be here all night. And there will be another movie called The Basement. We're going to sit in yeah. the basement and do Michael Caine impressions. But I just wanted to try it. I just wanted to try it because ever since I saw this movie for the first time on my laptop in college, and I was alone and I was just like almost like pissing myself with how hysterical I found the Michael Caine impersonations. Then I went out and found a good good friend of mine, Will, and I pulled him in and I was like, Well, you gotta watch this, do it with me. And he's like, This isn't funny. I said, Shut the <laughs> shut up and just watch it. <laughs> I, I've just been wanting to to do this with someone. So so thank you, Jesse. That's a little yeah. birthday present from you to me. <laughs> and it, it's so hard to do, right? Yeah. We are we're really trash, but they are so good at it. Yeah. And they have totally different impressions for for young to old. Yeah, yeah. From but they, what's and really wonderful is how seriously they're taking it as well. <laughs> like their lives depend on it. <laughs> they gotta yeah. do a good one. They gotta do it right. Well, that's that's the beauty of this movie is that like throughout the movie, it's like they are searching for that pot of gold, which is the ultimate joke, the ultimate impression, the ultimate right thing to say at the right time. And they're both clamoring over each other to reach it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, it's so amazing to see them constantly. Like the gentleman to bed series, uh, series of jokes is my favorite part of yeah. the movie. <laughs> Just a bit to bed. Where we rise. At, at 9.30. Poor <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. At 9.30. What time's the battle? <laughs> uh, at 12. All right. So three hour ride. So just a bit to bed. We rise at 8.30 for 9. <laughs> No, it's, it's, and I think that's also, I'd like to ask you another question in uh, kind of about the series, but also like Steve Coogan, I think is a really underrated performer. Like he's not like Ricky Gervais where he gets that, you know, asked to yeah. host the Oscars or the Golden Globes and says like super inflammatory stuff and gets everyone pissed at him. And then has like two shows on Netflix, right? It's not like that. And he's also not like a British humorist, um, like Stephen Fry, who kind of gets by on a kind of a pseudo intellectualism. Um, he is doing consistent, constant comedic work, both in TV and in film, both as a side character, as a main character, like always working with interesting individuals in Hollywood, out of Hollywood. And every time he shows up, he is one of the funniest presences on screen. Like I'm thinking about him. Do you guys remember him in, in The Other Guys? Where he plays the, the evil boss that Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg are trying to arrest. And he oh keeps distracting God. them with tickets to like Jersey Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he makes them, they decide they're going to play bad cop, worse cop. 
Right? And Mark Wahlberg's the bad cop, and Will Ferrell's trying to be worse cop. And he grabs him by the lapels, and she's like, I will make you eat a plate of human shit! <laughs> I forgot that was him. But it's him. But then also think about Night at the Museum. You know, he's in every Night at the Museum movie. He and, and Owen Wilson are the little guys, the yeah. little miniature guys yeah. that are always oh, joking yeah. around with each other. Oh, yeah. Everywhere you look, where Steve, or in Tropic Thunder, where he plays the director who completely loses control of the stars. Yeah. <laughs> and doesn't he blow up really, really? Because really <laughs> he says, he's like, he has the radio. He's like, the radio is God and I am his son, Jesus Christ. And he turns around and he explodes by standing on a landmine. <laughs> Also, one of the one of the funniest movies I've seen is Alan Partridge, where he stars. Yes. Uh, wait, no, Alpha Papa. Alan Partridge colon Alpha Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a whole radio station gets taken over by terrorists. By by Cole Meany of, uh, from Con Air. From Con Air, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's like it's him who can save the day. And because he like, like a conceited ass. And he's just trying to get his show back or whatever, and he's like going between the cops and the terrorists, and but like he's trying to take advantage of everybody, <laughs> and it just—it's obviously not going to work. Yeah, and, and it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Movie. Uh, just look up, um, look up Steve Coogan. Alan Partridge is a character he's played many times. That that is a movie, but that's also based on a TV show where he's portrayed that character before, and that movie was like kind of a culmination of the TV show, which is really funny that he was able to kind of fold all that into each other, but he's always doing interesting, funny, creative work. I don't know much about Rob Brighton. Um, I can't tell you. I've seen him before, but I couldn't tell you where. But I I watched this movie with um, Anthony Lightning. He had seen him on like a British whose line is anyway kind of show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So apparently he with someone like Sean Locke or something. Yeah. Yeah, probably. In fact, they kind of talk about it. Since they're playing themselves in this movie, they right. even talk about Rob's career versus Steve's career and how Steve's been in so many Hollywood movies. And Rob really hasn't. Right. And Steve kind of takes shots at him for that. And he's like, my career has been fine. And apparently, you know, people know him. Yeah. Over in, in Britain, like we don't. Jolly old England. Yeah. 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 But like, we know him from this movie. Yeah. And that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. He was in, he made an appearance of- on this show before, he was in Cinderella from 2015. Oh, is he like a like a like a coach fan or something? I have no idea. Yeah, that sounds sounds right. Yeah, maybe he was like the lizard that got turned into a yeah that talking is lizard. Immediately, what I thought of too. Yeah, actually, yeah. I wow. remember that lizard. So sneaky second time appearance yeah. from Rob wow. Ryan. He's he's even beating Steve Coogan onto our show. Yes, he is. Wow, Mike. Uh, Would- I, I, I did want to ask you, like, I haven't heard of what you thought about the trip. And I thought, oh, yeah. I thought you in particular would actually really like the trip because I know you love movies with food. <laughs> and also movies that are slow. <laughs> and also movies that are slow. And this <laughs> Nothing happens. And this is all the things that I feel like I should like in a movie. I liked it, but I also felt, like, really depressed when I, when I watched it. So this is, yeah. this is an interesting... I heard Maybe this, this is a new so, phase so, well, in my life. Well, we all had, like, a nice dinner prior to recording this yeah. episode. And I did hear this from your wife as well. I guess I, I didn't care enough about these people to feel badly for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. I don't know. I thought I like I I cared about these people. I thought it was. I mean, it was really interesting to learn what their relationship actually was because I feel mm-hmm. like this movie is very much about like sort of show. Like, there's a scene like kind of 
as much as you could say anything is pivotal in this movie, there's this pivotal yeah. scene when uh, Steve Coogan's talking to his son and telling him not to like get drunk during the week, just get drunk on the weekends. <laughs> the kid's like 16. <laughs> He's clearly... Yeah. Like his son's like, hey, you're going with like Rob. You know that guy for like 10, 11 years, right? Like you guys are good friends. Steve Coogan is sort of like, ah, yeah, he's a good friend. <laughs> like, like, it was just a very interesting, it's a very interesting picture of, uh, I don't know, adult friendships. That's a little depressing to me. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be your adult friendships. That's true. I mean, what we're I'm do- sitting here. It, well, what we're doing, doing here Michael Caine impressions is objectively with- <laughs> sad. So, like, you can always look forward to that. Is that what you're saying, Mike? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I think at, I think at the end of the day, you're supposed to feel a little bit sad for these, not not for both of these guys, but for Steve in particular, because Rob, like, he goes home to his wife, right, and says that. Steve is the way he always has. So, like, he thinks he has a really good relationship with Steve. I don't think Steve thinks the same thing about Rob. Steve spends the entire movie just wanting to one-up Rob. Yeah. Yeah. And Rob does the same thing to some degree, but it's with, like, a playful nature rather than a serious one. Yeah, Steve takes this really seriously. Like, he needs to win. And Rob is like, well, I'm just going to win because I'm better. Like, (laughs) and no, No, I'm going to win because I don't care. Yeah, because he has nothing to prove or nothing to lose. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas I think Steve has something to lose. He is going through a midlife crisis and... He is on a trip yeah. with this guy and not his girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, literally, just this guy. Yeah. This guy he works with sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, can you pull over there? I'm hungry. And it's like, no, I don't want to pull over there. It's like, no, you can pull over and just write about the food on the way. He's like, that's already been done. It's, like, it's Every, 2010. Everything's, everything's been done. Been done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there anything more to even really say about them? Like, I, I think we can talk about their relation, um, not just their relationship, but the way the movie portrays everything. But at the end of the day, it's really just these guys trying to one up each other. The entire way with yeah. Steve making the extra effort, and that's what's kind of enjoyable. I like seeing the one-upmanship. Yeah, yeah. I I like seeing the competition throughout, the competition for comedy, for comedy's yeah. sake. I mean, like it's it's not much, but it's just inherently enjoyable to me. I agree, and I think it's actually something that's really unique in terms of these three movies we picked. And that's kind of why I wanted to go first. On this one, like pick this one first and, and go through it because it's it's the least well known of all of them. Yeah, and even more than that, it's probably the least seen. And even more than that, it's very different from the other two. And so the next one up is is Dumb and Dumber. Wait, 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 wait! I do actually have something more to say about. The oh trip. yeah, oh yeah, more to say? Yeah, I do have more okay, to say. Okay. Okay, more than wait. just like I was like I don't know. Maybe it's just that I'm not. Uh, I took it too seriously hmm. um, because like this is a really funny movie. Like it's hilarious. But, it's, but Michael Winterbottom films it like a like a kind of a serious indie movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is also like part of the humor here. Yeah, and with but, all the shots of the landscape. And yeah, the, yeah, and the shots of the food yeah. and the chefs making the food. Yeah, like it feels like it feels like a lot of other indie movies that we've seen. Yeah, yeah but it's also kind of hilarious that this like forties some forty four year old guy is like obsessed with being like Coleridge and like. You know, talks about after 40, everything's exhausting. Yeah. So might as well chase women, um, which is like sad and funny. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I was just really struck by was despite this one-upmanship sort of relationship and, and Steve, it's almost like a brotherly relationship. Like Steve Coogan is the older, serious older brother and Rob Brydon is just like 
poking at him the whole time yeah. in a way. But despite that, despite the fact that he thinks he's almost laughable, he takes him seriously in a way that's that's kind of unexpected hmm. because he like when it does come down to talking about the quality of their acting, he he talks about it. He's like, no, this is like you are a great actor. I really believe that. And I, I thought that that was just I thought that was a little moving, I guess. Yeah, it moved me the way it moved me, Bob. <laughs> the way the way that um they have this it seems like they have mostly a professional friendship and a little bit further than that you know they're going on a 5 day road trip or whatever almost been night in the same bed <laughs> almost been in the same bed <laughs> <laughs> but but the way that despite all of that despite the fact that they kind of dislike each other they disagree with each other in the way they're living their lives in a lot of ways they do have a mutual respect for the way that they're living their lives even even if they question maybe some of some of the choices, which I thought was I, I don't know it was very realistic maybe. Yeah, there there is a little bit of like an emotional hook here. Yeah, to like uh, get us into why these guys like each other and who they are, and that gives an extra dynamic to some of the jokes that they're telling and like pushing in on each other, right? Like with the whole Michael Caine impersonation, they're trying to one up each other, <laughs> and Rob. Seems to be clearly better. Clearly better. But then Steve comes in with this with this beautiful, like, here's how Michael Caine has been throughout the years. Yes. And I, I don't know what that is. Like, it, it, it just seems to, that he has, like, this breadth of knowledge that Rob doesn't have. But he's, I like, he, I, he's almost, <laughs> like, not as good at it, though. Like, he knows quite, more about Michael Caine, but still Rob's impersonation is like, fuck it, my eyes were closed. That's Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't quite name it, but I do, I do really love to see both of like that dynamic on the yeah. screen and that, that emotional part of it that you're talking about. It, it, it does lend some more depth and some more clarity to some of these yeah. scenes. Like I become more invested in their, in their spats because of this. Yeah. I love how um, Rob Brydon will go to bed early before they go to a place so that he can learn whatever poem that he knows that Steve Coogan is going to say when they come, go to some beautiful, like when they go to that church, whatever, and he recites it. But he recites it like Ian McKellen would have. <laughs> Steve is like, you know, like, f*** you for, for like stealing this from me and like trying to intimidate me, but f*** you even more for, <laughs> for doing it like this. If you'd done it seriously, I would have cared. But like you put it into this voice, and it's like, well, he's from he's from this town or whatever. It's a different town. It's a different place. You don't even know. You don't get it. And he goes on to give like the eulogy that's just horrible. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's hilarious. It's just horrible and kind of heartfelt at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And the horrible part also is kind of true. Then yeah. he won't so, let let Rob do it for him. Yeah. I mean, it, it is kind of depressing in, in a very dry way. I, the more repeat watches I have of this movie, the funnier I think it gets. Because I, if you expect these sort of like empty lives, especially of Steve, to, cut, to come at you, you just start to appreciate, you know, the, the goal of comedy. Yeah. Um, in their relationship. So I, I, guess, I guess it could be viewed as depressing. Obviously, it can be, Mike. But I, I think that it's just... It comes down to a different sort of approach. Like Dumb and Dumber could be a really sad comedy. And I'd, I'd like to segue into talking about that yeah, because yeah. that's actually how I view it 
that's how I viewed it when I first saw it. Like when I first saw Dumb and Dumber, this was a movie that came out in the same year as The Mask and Ace Ventura. Like <laughs> big year wait, for Jim Carrey. Really? All three of those came I, out at the same time. I believe so. Or it's Batman Returns, Batman Forever that comes out. He, Jim Carrey had three movies in one year. Wow. And I, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan as a kid. And I, I saw Same. all of his movies and he, he made me laugh like none other. Um, Liar Liar is still probably my favorite, Jim Carrey. Yeah. I also love a series of unfortunate events with him as... As Count yeah. Olaf. I never read the book, so I know that's like... I got all 13 of them upstairs if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just love his, his crazy zaniness in that role. Yeah. yeah, he is crazy. He is zany. And he's really fun. But I remember Dumb and Dumber was, as a kid, was not a movie I liked. I didn't like it because it made me sad because I saw these losers as inherently pitiable and I felt bad watching them in a way that I don't feel like with the trip, like the trip. I mean, these are adults. They've made their own choices. Like they're very well off. They could live different lives that they like to these two people, you know, Harry and Lloyd, they can't live any other way. Yeah. They are so stupid and crippled socially. There is no other existence for them except for what they have. I mean, so, so when Lloyd said, when the beer flows like wine, <laughs> <laughs> or women instinctively block like sissies. <laughs> I'm talking about a little place called Aspen. I don't know, Lloyd. The French are assholes. <laughs> Just like they're driving out there, just looking around the flats of like Kansas. Just I don't know. I think that John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> I just always felt so bad for them because they were so sincere and like nice. They really try to be nice. Yeah. But they're so like they're so stupid. They can't be actually nice. They always act infantile instead. And as a kid, it just made me so uncomfortable because it just made me feel like that's what I would be doing as a child. But these are adults and they should know how yeah. to do this. Yeah, I, I know it, what you're saying. It always, and like, actually, I really couldn't handle the scene, that scene, the Salmons of Capistrano, um, because of when, is it Harry? Lloyd says, No, I'm no, it's, it's Harry when he says, um, and all of our pets' heads keep falling off. You know, like, <laughs> when he was holding the bird and then they give it to the blind boy. <laughs> That's so funny as an adult, but as a child, that was like awful. the most messed up thing that ever. That was awful. It made me so sad. And I was like, you guys suck. And I don't like you. And it, it really drove me away from Dumb and Dumber for a really long time was like this, this disgusting memory I had. Wow. Like, I know you're talking about, I've experienced that with other movies. I can't, I can't name them off the top of my head. Yes. But yeah, I do remember that feeling as yeah. a little kid, like when there is a comedic character and you sympathize with them. Yeah. <laughs> because you're that stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me a few times. But, like, I remember distinctly watching this movie because it was on TV and my dad started playing it. Right. And my older sister saw that he was playing it, got mad, went and told my mom. (laughs) My mom comes out and was like, Dave, (laughs) it's Sunday. (laughs) And it says, what bearing on what? (laughs) But... Yeah, that he's just like, well, it's on TV. And so, <laughs> and so I ended up watching a lot of it, specifically the ending part and specifically again with uh, 
with the poop scene. Yeah. <laughs> the poop scene is, that, is an all-timer. As, as a an kid, all-timer. that is that is an all-timer. Yeah. And that is, as an adult, that's, that's an all-timer. Really man. man, when he's just sitting there, it's just like, man, I know that feeling. When, when like, you're all done, you're like, oh, yeah, it's so good. And then... <laughs> And then the <laughs> toilet doesn't flush. <laughs> and he's out on a date, of course. And my favorite scene as an adult now, though, is like he's trying to get rid of the smell. So he <laughs> he's taking his hands and like trying to swish it out the window, <laughs> wafting it away. <laughs> that will never work in a million years. Like. Uh, and Dumber Dumber Dumb and Dumber has like remained a staple for me throughout my life. Like in all of high school, it was uh, stay up late and watch it at two a.m. So right. the movie, and even now, I still find it really funny. I-, I love these two stupid friends on a weird, insane road trip where he just got his <laughs> love at first sight. Yeah, got to return the briefcase. Got to return the briefcase. Yeah, I love uh, Lloyd's character. I love Harry's character, and I love the way they like feed off each other. Yeah, like in in the trip, that was like a constant battle. But here, it's like a constant beautiful flow. <laughs> like, like, like you get the sense that like that Harry's Jim Carrey, or is it Lloyd's Jim Carrey? Lloyd's Jim Carrey. Harry's so, uh, so Harry's Harry's more of like a laid back guy who is kind of like looking at the angles. Right? He's actually, I get the impression he's probably a little smarter. Yeah, yeah, because he—he's he, the dumb in the relationship. Yeah, he's like, "Why are we doing that, though?" And then <laughs> Lloyd, though, is is so uh, ambitious, right? He's like, he's yeah. so full of grand schemes and plans, and he like, but he talks really fast, and he can get Harry on board before Harry kind of knows what's going on, and he just kind of goes with it. But it's clear, like Harry's kind of holding down. Harry's got the job, you know. He's driving the pet mobile. He's wearing the pet suit. But um, they both don't have jobs at this point because who wants to work 40 hours a week? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit where, like, Lloyd loses his wallet in, in the newspaper thing and then, like, puts the beer down and he insults the old lady. And he has her watch the beer and he returns with, with no wallet and no beer <laughs> to find his apartment with his uh, pet bird's head falling off. What I love about their dynamic is that instead of being like we have a smart guy and a dumb guy, and instead of being like we have a smart guy and then a not so smart guy, we're like we have two idiots. But one guy is a little smarter than the other one, but he's not really the one we're focusing on. And he's still not very smart. No, 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 no. no. But he's the one that like understands that there's some things you do to people and some things you don't. Yeah. Like not only does he have like some sort of uh, idea about how to kind of work in a society, he also knows how to treat people. Like you Which don't does not. sell a dead bird to. He thinks that's pretty messed bird. up. Yeah, he's, he's like, 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 why would you do that? That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like giggling while they feed chili peppers to the hitman that's after yeah. them, right? Yeah. But he realizes something's wrong a little bit sooner than Jim Carrey does. <laughs> Which is actually my favorite scene, is when they kill the hitman accidentally. <laughs> Don't worry, I know CPR. And it starts pumping the guy's leg. <laughs> I just love that. I love I love uh, Harry's hair. Just like yeah. how it's always flying around. I also like that this is Jeff Daniels. Like this is Academy Award nominated <laughs> Jeff Daniels. <laughs> um, in this with Jim Carrey. Um, obviously a Fairly Brother movie, so it's it's super gross. Also, I don't know this. This was a big deal for me growing up too. I'm really happy that you picked it. Yeah, I did not see this until I was like a late teenager. 
Um, I didn't grow up with Dumb and Dumber. No. Um, almost but like, too late. Almost too late. But I saw it in time. I actually really disliked it when I first saw it. <laughs> um, and haven't seen it in like 10 years. And now seeing it again, I enjoyed it a lot more. You laughed? I laughed a lot. Good. I laughed a lot. It's so stupid. Did you like it? Did you like it? Did you like it a lot? I just like, you know, the way Jeff Daniels he built his relationship with the girl. It's just, that's basically what happened with me and my wife, you know, yeah, like that, that's, story. yeah, that, you know, I basically, uh, just pushed her over and she married me. <laughs> so that's her a bunch. Yeah, accidentally fell her. on her, like dropped drinks on her all <laughs> yeah. the time. <laughs> like, yeah, this is familiar. <laughs> One of my favorite lines this time around is when they're, when he's going on a date with her and they're going up the ski lift and he just says, Oh, look, Frost. <laughs> and then licks the pole. Uh, uh, uh. Like, for some reason, Frost gives up an impulse to lick it. <laughs> Dude, as, a, as a kid watching this, too, I was, all, I was very confused by the two fantasy sequences that happen. One where Jim Carrey falls in love with uh, our girl and then meets her family. Oh, and then it's really yeah. funny, and then yeah. lights his farts on fire. So very confused. And then gets that. attacked. <laughs> and then there's a ninja fight, and yeah. rips the guy's heart out, and puts it in a doggy bag, and hits it back. Which is now which iconic. Which is awesome. Which, but like, yeah. like once you see that, you're like, oh, I get five percent of pop culture jokes. Yeah. Like there yeah. it is. Um, and then the second fantasy sequence where he gets introduced to her her fiance at the very end of the movie, and he shoots him dead. <laughs> so that that first fantasy sequence, though, like I think. I watched this movie a lot growing up, and we always skip that. Really? That, yeah, the first fantasy sequence. Because, the one with like, his family? Oh, oh yeah. with, with, with the, the high beams? He, like, he like grabs oh, her yeah. ass, yeah. Off, and then he lights his fart on fire, and then he grabs the guy's heart out. That's right. And then she undresses, and then the, the, the <laughs> literal headlights. <laughs> yeah, so that was always fast-forwarded to. Skip through. I see. Because yeah. I think without those two, without those two fantasy sequences, then we're left with a pretty ambivalent view of who's our main character. But it's funny that given those two fantasy sequences where we're taking very much um, Lloyd's point of view, that it's very clear Jim Carrey's the star, you know? And I wonder if that, if that had kind of been added a little bit later, because before that it's pretty even between the two of them, but it's just that we go into his point of view twice for the deciding moments of the movie. Yeah. That I think is really, is interesting. Well, even so, I always knew that Lloyd was the main set because he's still driving the whole. Lloyd is still driving the whole movie. Yeah. Jim Carrey, right? Is but the em- every but like the emotional movie. heart of the movie is with Harry, because Harry's the nice guy. Harry's like getting the girls to actually like him, and he's not being a, like a lying piece of shit. I mean, I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I just I always wondered about that because like I like I like uh, I like Harry a lot. He's a sweet guy. I don't like Lloyd as much. Like Lloyd's kind of conniving. Yeah, I think that all comes across even when you skip that scene. That that is that's still what I am left with. I guess I, I view I view I would view him as less like pitiable. I guess because if you see those fantasy sequences, you know like how immature his brain is. We already see how immature it is, but yeah. when you know it from the inside, it's like I can only feel really bad for him. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it gets harder for me to laugh at that than others. Like when I was a kid, it was harder for me to laugh at it because I just feel bad for it. Maybe I totally people- related to those fantasy sequences. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's just why I didn't like it when I was 18. I was like, 
this is too close to home for me. <laughs> like I'm definitely get beer stolen from me by an old lady because I insulted her by mistake. And, <laughs> and you definitely lard- lighted your farts on fire to impress your girlfriend's family. <laughs> and they're all like, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> I guess old people do have a purpose. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, what a classic. It's, it's <laughs> totally classic. It gets better with age. It's like a fine wine. Yeah. It's still definitely a dad movie. I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. can't wait to show this to my kids. I don't think my daughter will be for it, but my son. I feel like my daughter's going to be very confused. Yeah. My daughters are going to love this. I hope they do. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little. I'm daughter. a little afraid. I got to get older before they see the lighting the farts on fire thing. Like that's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> Just the way that everyone cracks up too. <laughs> okay. okay. I've, yeah, I've noticed my son likes to watch anything that I like. So now I know that if I if I turn on Dumb and Dumber, he's probably going to like it just because I show it to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just remember that time with with you and Dad. Yeah. Yeah. This morning on my birthday, I got the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition 4K. Oh, oh, my oh holy gosh. shit. Wait, wait, what? Wait, you got that and a plane ticket? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, I'm going to pop this in. And my kids have all seen The Hobbit, and they really like The Hobbit. Audiobooks was just like, all right, you're going to watch a little bit of what happens after that. Because Bilbo is old. And then I popped it in, and he was just enthralled. So this is the oh, beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Gosh. It's it's Sauron just wreaking yeah. havoc on, and the, he, on the army. He just wanted the bad guys the entire time. It's like, where are the monsters? Where are the monsters? <laughs> <laughs> and then it finally switched to the Hobbits. He's like, where are the bad guys? Like, this is boring no, now. This is Bilbo. <laughs> it's Bilbo and the Hobbits. And he's like, okay. And he seemed to kind of enjoy that. There's and grass. Then, where's the fire? There's and the party. We only watched like 10 minutes and that was it. But. But he was he was so into that. When Sarah I'm daughter refused, I'm getting but, chills. But my Literally son, chills. it was just like me and him sitting on the couch. When Sauron has the mace and you're oh, just like, oh my gosh, it's amazing! Oh, so great, yeah, so great, seminal. <laughs> you know what? That was seminal. <laughs> yeah, seminal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, to bring us to to our third and final movie, we have. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Planes, trains, this is written, directed, John Hughes, oh, starring Steve Martin, John Candy, about a businessman trying to get home, and he has a really annoying buddy. Really annoying oh, buddy. John Candy. Yeah. He's a, Dell. He's a guy who, on the plane, is reading a book called The Canadian Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> What's what's your what's your nostalgia for this, Jesse? Tell us about why is this oh. like the capstone to your trilogy here? Oh, this this movie runs so deep in my family. Like I think close to over twenty years ago, they discovered it on I think it was TBS at the time, and then we had to own the DVD of it. And then we watched it so much growing up that when my little brother was four years old, Mess Around by Ray Charles was his favorite song. Because <laughs> we've seen this movie so much. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, good taste. Ray Charles yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. But it's because of Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Right. Yeah, we all watch this. And this movie's rated R, but it's only rated R because of one scene. Yeah. One, so, like, one minute scene. Yeah, one one minute scene, and we on the DVD we'd always just hit skip because if you hit skip, it skips to the moment after that scene. Yep. So and what happens in that scene? 
he says <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he says like 30 times. Yeah. Every other word is Yeah. I want a fucking car. Because a man at the end. Vehicle. A man at the Now. I want you to wipe that smile off your <laughs> it's literally wherever you can insert it and still have a, a cohesive sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and that was it. Like there are other objectionable things in this movie, but like growing up, I didn't get most of them. Yeah. In the way that they were intended to be gotten. So another one of the best scenes of the movie is uh those aren't pillows. By the way, we have the DVD, the Those Aren't Pillows edition. <laughs> <laughs> What's it is up probably with the, the Those Aren't Pillows edition? Well, it has an extra deleted scene added to it. it it's legendary in my family uh, because it was in TBS and not in the theatrical release oh, where oh. they're on the plane and they get meals delivered to them. And Steve Martin, Neil, he gets... Like, a whole meal delivered to him, and right as he's about to eat it, the girl in front of him flips her hair back. (laughs) (laughs) And so, it's just him, like, with food that's covered in hair. And then John Candy leans over and is just like, are you going to have the brownie? (laughs) And he says, no, I'm not. And then John Candy, like, separates the hair and goes in and grabs a brownie and starts eating it. So, it's we call it the brownie scene. <laughs> we love that scene. It's, incredible. it's, great. it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, and they go on a whole bit about airline food and about how it's heated and reheated because John Candy's you know friend in the airline right. business says so. Anyway, yeah, legend in our family. And uh, I guess we were talking a little bit about this earlier, right? Yeah. About skipping scenes in movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking a little bit about that. I guess like... A question I do want to ask, I don't know if this is the exact same question as I phrased it before, but the question I do want to ask is, this is the first one, is there a qualitative difference between hearing the F word one time or hearing it 10 times in a movie? So for example, this movie, right, there's no F words until the one scene where he says it a bunch of times in a row and they don't say it again. They didn't say it before. Is it so bad to hear one word 10 times? in one scene, or if it's like another movie, like like The Wolf of Wall Street has the F word like 500 times. Literally, it's like the fourth highest movie for F words. That's a lot of F words, okay? Yeah. But then like your normal R-rated film will have like 30, 20, 50, somewhere in there, um, normal speech. But then your PG-13 films can only have one or two only used as someone just yelling it out as a phrase and can never be used verbally, like for its usage normally. And... I guess what I'm asking is, is it so bad to hear it? Period. <laughs> like, that's really What's it. What's wrong with the f- word, guys? No, it's, it's the f- word, but is there a difference between hearing it once or a bunch of times? I don't know. Like, at, at this point, like, I, I don't want my children to hear it at all. The other day I was doing a, a puzzle with my son and something didn't fit. And I said, darn it, mm. casually. Very good. And then he tried a puzzle piece that didn't fit. He said, darn it! <laughs> like, with the proper inflection yeah. of what that was meant. Yeah, he was, he was upset that that did not work, and he shouted. Wow, you picked up on that usage very quickly. Yeah. Like, he has <laughs> never used that word before that, and that was just, like, one use. So, ideally, I don't want my kids to hear 
the F word at all because I don't want them to shout it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it's kind of like a, like, I, I feel like if my kids were to see that scene and to see me laughing as much as I did at that scene, they, they would, would be like, you know what? I got to do. I got to say this <laughs> yes. word as many times as I possibly can. But then here's a corollary. Yeah, laugh. Here's yeah. a correlate to why I asked that question first. Yeah. Is your kid just way too young to be seeing this movie then? Yeah, I think so. Because, because I don't like censoring things in movies. Uh, an occasional eye cover for a couple seconds is something that I, I would be more open to. Yeah. Because it's still, I'm not interrupting the movie. I'm interrupting my child's experience of the movie. So that feels a little bit different to me than trying to skip or something. If your kid can, he if your kid is watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, it's an R-rated movie. There are multiple adult themes that are happening here. Um, it's not really a movie for kids, unlike John Hughes's other films, like, you know, Home Alone, for example, right? Mm -hmm. But also about a holiday. I guess I'm just asking, why can't you just wait until your kids is a little bit older to see the whole thing without any editing whatsoever? Like, I mean, just wait until they're old enough to understand not to say the F word, then they can enjoy the scene with the F word with you. And yeah. Then... So, like, for us <clears throat> growing up, like, this was a family movie from, like, years old on up wow for everybody like, like not wow isn't like this is so offensive and that's crazy but just like that's just outside of my realm of experience yeah i mean there were some things that were inappropriate like there's flashes of like uh, like nude women on on a taxi cab right oh that's true yeah yeah so. it, see it's so see brief that. that you don't even realize it <clears throat> and yeah. i did not even growing up there's a those aren't pillows scene yeah. where it's because he's reached his hand between <laughs> some butt cheeks, between some butt cheeks <laughs> which I did not get when I asked about it. I heard it was butt. My I think my siblings and parents said it's butt cheeks. It's it's his thighs. And <laughs> Good I, on you. Good on your parents though for yeah. saying that. And then I was like, well, that is weird and gross. <laughs> and now I get why they're uncomfortable. <laughs> but I still didn't think of it as like sexual. Yeah. Right, I just thought that's silly. That's a silly thing to do, and like it's all like I think this movie can grow up with you up until the the word scene, which is if I had seen that, I probably would have thought it was okay, and then I would say it. Mm. Right, growing up, or my little brother would, have. but we would skip it every time, and I, and then as the years went on, we would stop skipping it. Like, as we all got older, all understood how language is used and what to say and not to say like that, that would not be a thing anymore. Sure, sure. And so, like, as our understanding grew, like, we started understanding the jokes more, so it became funnier to us. So this grew with our family, and then we stopped skipping it at, at a certain point. So, like, I'm, I'm, I, I would hate to miss out on this being a family event. So I would love keep skipping that scene just so my children can experience it the way I did because it's such an, an enjoyable experience. So I know I'm in the minority camp here and even probably amongst listeners I'm in the minority camp here. I think this is probably I mean it was part of my life too but it, I think it's fairly normal to have grown up with having movies been edited for you and I think it's probably fairly normal again to want to do that like for the reasons you're saying, Jesse, yeah, for your own family, because you, you want to experience these things. You want to share them with your kids and maybe they're just a little bit too young to see the whole thing. So you can get away with them seeing it except for like one minute. Cause it really is about one minute, one and a half minutes. Yeah, right. That's it. That is it. And that's, what's really surprising about planes, trains and automobiles in a way that 
almost no other movie has. I would love to find another example of a movie. Well, Dumb and Dumber <laughs> is my other example of a movie. Like, we would only skip that, that one fantasy scene. Right. And I guess maybe, like, The King's Speech could also fall underneath this, this realm, too. Where you have one scene with a bunch of F-words and no other scene. Like, oh, sure. that's an R-rated yeah. movie that's actually PG. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, for one, kind I, I hate editing the movie. Because if it's a movie, I want it to be seen. I'm presenting this as a corollary, not as a, I don't know, preferred route yeah. to you. And I, I don't know. I, I hate that I'm kind of in this in this position to have to, like, pick and choose. But I, I kind of want to stand by and be like, if the kid's old enough to watch the movie, I want them to watch the whole movie. I hated having things edited for me. Um, I remember having to close my eyes at, like, four different scenes in Batman Begins. I think I probably shared that a little bit in that episode. Uh-huh. Maybe not. But if I if I didn't, I did have to close my eyes numerous times through that movie as a teenager, multiple times. It pissed me off to no end to the point where, like, I just actively sought it out later so I could just watch it in its glory in full. And then I was kind of going, like, why did I close my eyes at any of this? Like, this is no different than the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you bring up that movie because that is the movie I, I showed my son and I closed his eyes at some, some point. You closed his eyes at different points, I promise you. Uh, probably so, yeah. But they were terrifying. It's usually when yeah. uh, the Scarecrow was using his thing to make things seem monstrous. But how old was your son? My son is three. He cannot see that. I was 15. Oh, okay. And yeah. my eyes were closed. Specifically, you won't remember the scene. Um, well, you remember the first one. The first one was in Joe Chill gets shot. Mm -hmm. My eyes were closed for that scene for some unknown reason. And then the second one was when there's a guard who's watching Arkham. And the two guys come in, you kind of see the scene through the window, and then his neck gets broken. Okay. Like, I was able to watch the Batman Begins in theaters with my whole family. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm yeah. telling you, like, yeah. these scenes will make no impact. But then I could see the other psychedelic stuff. That was fine. But it was just, like, these two scenes of uh, the only moments of honest yeah. violence in the film. Like, I violence would, that looked like violence. I would yeah, close yeah. my son's <clears throat> eyes at those scenes, too. But what was funny... Uh, but morning, he's three. I, like that's he's three. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. normal. It's, it's normal. I I mentioned to him that we can only watch a little bit of Lord of the Rings. I just want to see what it looked like yeah, on, sure. on on the screen, yeah. right? And he just said, "Well, we can watch the whole thing. You can just close my eyes during some parts." He was just so desperate to be yes. part of it. Yes, he is. Uh, and uh, and if if my children want to be a part of of what we watch, so this is something that I I guess maybe I have. Some, Maybe not guilt, a little bit of guilt about, but like we tend to watch things when my kids go to sleep. So sure. they don't get to take part in what mom and dad are watching. This is normal, right? Yeah. This is a normal. I'm part. happy they can't. I mean, it's how I got through Veep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been exactly. showing that to my kids since they were born. <laughs> uh, but like one of the things that we have on this podcast that we love to do is we love to show our kids movies. We love our kids to be part of what we have. Yeah. And I want them to be able to partake and I will cut corners to make sure that happens. So that I think that's why I, I'm okay editing things. Mm -hmm. But I think like you're pointing out, if you're 15, maybe that's not a good age to be telling your kid to be closing their eyes at Batman Begins. I think, I think that's a mistake, which is also why we always talk about like, what age should you show these things to our kids? And of course we always like, we'll probably change our minds as things grow up, sure. but we're trying to actively think when is it appropriate for our kids to view these things in full? 
Yeah. 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 And that, that's really just about the conversation that I want to have that we, that we actually have, you know, listeners, you might not know this, but we have this kind of talk like pretty often, you know, like when, who is doing what, like sometimes I'll take my cues from, from hearing that one of you guys is showing your kid something. Cause then maybe I'll do it. Cause like, I don't know, your kid is about the same age as my yeah. kid. Maybe they'll be the same. And the results are usually pretty good. Like uh, we watched Aladdin um, for the first time today with my daughter. And I had yeah. always kind of held Aladdin off because I remember being scared shit at Aladdin. Like I remember the cobra <laughs> that Jafar turns into and I remember when he oh, turns yeah. into the genie. Like it scared me so much the way he can control people through magic. Oh yeah. Terrifying stuff. My daughter, oh, yeah. fine. It was fine. Like she was more nervous in Rhea and the Last Dragon than she was in Aladdin. Wow. Interesting. And maybe it's because she had a cold today and we were just it was like a cold watch movie. You know, like yeah. you, you ever get cold yeah, yeah, you watch yeah. a movie and you're kinda like like there's the snot dripping from your nose yeah, and also like the know. tears and you're like, Ugh. Uh, maybe it was that, but like she was reacting to some of the genie stuff. She liked the genie. She was yeah. liking the magic. I like the genie. The genie's amazing. Oh, so the great. genie's amazing. Honestly, right. honestly, the never had a friend like me is one of my all time best musical numbers in a movie. Love that one. I used to listen oh. to that all the time on cassette. Tape. Yes, I had it too. <laughs> I had it too. Oh, that's so great. Oh no. It's great. Uh, but she loved it and it was a really fun experience. And I had just been so scared to show it to her because I just remember being so scared by Jafar. And it was fine. It just went over just great. And she had no questions. She had no issues. She she went to sleep without a problem. And we'll talk about it obviously in the days to come. And I'd love to revisit it with her. But it was just a blast watching it with her. And I realized like I had gate I had gatekeeped this because I was scared of it, not because she was scared of it. Yeah. And that is also like I want to be more open with showing things. I just want to make sure that I have I have reasonable reasons for choosing the material I'm choosing. And mm. so when it comes to like, okay, there's planes, trains, and automobiles. It's basically a PG rated movie. There is 15 F words in one scene. What does that mean to me? Okay. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's basically a PG rated movie, except that there's skeletons. <laughs> they're kind of zombies. Well, but they're, well, they're not, they're not. Cause there's other zombies. Yeah. But in that yeah. case, that I think that's too much to skip. That's too oh, much no, no, you, you couldn't. It's the core of the story. But, yeah. But yeah. in Transplays to Automobiles. It's oh, like, man, this yeah. is this is a scene. Let's take, let's take, another, let's take another example. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark has like two objectionable scenes. There's the oh, one, there's the yeah. one where Alfred Molina gets, gets killed with the trap in the beginning, right? You see like the spearhead through his, his face. Right. And then there's the, the end part with the face melting faces. That used to terrify the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like basically Raiders of the Lost Ark is totally fine for the entire family. Like for most of it. Yeah. yeah. Except for two like five second sequences. Shorter time than planes, trains, and automobiles. I used to voluntarily close my eyes at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was scary. <laughs> one time the one time I saw it with my dad, he covered my eyes during that one. During uh, I got to see the Alpha Molina with the thing through his head, but then he um, he forgot to close my eyes when the big Nazi gets chewed up in the prop, right? And the blood sprays oh, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he forgot, and then he said, "Oops," when it was over. Man, I used to think that was cool. I did too. I always yeah. when I saw it, I was like, "Yeah!" Like punch the air with my little fist. Yeah, um, but then that dude deserved to die. When the gut, when the guy's face <laughs> melted, I got my eyes covered until a sleepover about a year later, where I finally saw it. And I remember seeing it and being like, "Oh, I'm so glad my eyes have been closed." <laughs> It was awful. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Man. I mean, I feel like that, like that's a movie that I don't, I don't really want to like watch it with my kids before they're, you know, teenagers. 
don't know. Hmm. Like, that's kind of how I feel about some of these. I don't know about planes, trains, and automobiles, but yeah, like a minute and a half scene, like you can mute it, you can skip yeah. it. Like, that's not, that doesn't really change the thing here. It's just like one more joke that makes it even funnier. Um, hmm. And I don't really want the neighbors to hear my kids yelling. <laughs> out. <laughs> maybe well, maybe yeah. I, I I don't think yeah. I'm even talking about planes, trains, automobiles in particular. Like, yeah, I don't think I really want my kids to grow up watching this movie. Like I I don't think <clears throat> it, it was important for me growing up, but I don't think it has to be important for for them. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. my wife doesn't love that enough to for this to be like a yearly tradition type of movie. Yeah, but I think there are other movies in which I theoretically would be okay just just silencing it for a little bit or closing their eyes for a little bit just so they can experience it with us oh. i was gonna ask what is liz's favorite of these three? Oh, it's planes trains automobiles oh, okay okay i was hoping there'd be like a really surprising answer just like, like no, dumb and dumber she, liz loves the trip <laughs> you know <laughs> uh she likes the trip okay does Actually, she hate i dumb? have a tr- like with the other, with the first three movies of the trip, like we always watch this with my sister and brother in law. Okay. Like we had always watched it together with them and then my my youngest brother. Like that was that's been a thing up until the fourth movie, and nobody cared enough to, <laughs> to do that. But yeah, so like we we all like it. But yeah, she hates Dumb and Dumber. I think mm. I tried to show it to her in college. <laughs> Didn't go over so yeah, well. I feel like I, I, might, I might have been around it. later that night after you guys had separated for the evening and you were like, you were drinking. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to hang out? And you're like, yeah, she didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I did that with a few movies. Uh, I think I did this with, what is it, Pee Wee Herman. Oh, she, yeah. She was depressed, just like you were at the end of when you were younger and Dumb and Dumber. She was depressed by Pee Wee Herman for like the same reason. But Pee-wee's big adventure? Yeah. He just wanted his bicycle back because Francis is such an athlete. Because that's all he wanted in life. I was just like, well, yeah, objectively, that is depressing. He's just a baby, though. He's a man-child. He's literally a child in the body of a man. But think about it. That's exactly why you were depressed by Dumb and Dumber. No, no, no. It's different because Dumb and Dumber exists in a world of people, (laughs) and they are babies. Pee-wee exists in a world of babies where they're all people. Everyone is, like, 10 years old mentally, but in the bodies of adults. Except for Big March. Cause because like like Pee-wee <laughs> is a man, but he's a boy in a world of people who are adults but are also children. That doesn't sound happy. That's it's fantastical. Impressive. But like it, 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 it just it just gets I, you out of it. But like Dumb and Dumber is sad because like of course if you had these two idiots, they would be so poor. <laughs> That's why it's so sad. It seems like it should be illegal to allow them to live together. Kind of. Kind of, yeah, like they're someone so bad should be stuff. helping them. And they're talking about how much they work. And you're like, no, you don't work, dude. You don't know what work is. You got that big old cowboy hat with the two cases of cores. Like, you are clearly irresponsible. <laughs> Sorry, that was my brief defense of Pee Wee. Sorry, brief defense of Pee Wee. That's it. I love Pee Wee. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like for. Um, like, I'm fine with skipping stuff. I'm fine with. Uh, with cutting out different things, but I also kind of feel like there's so much out there that's pretty good that my kids can see. I wonder about the need for showing them stuff that's like, I don't know. I'm kind of generally against cutting things down. Like I have this very uh, foundational memory. I got a, uh, I remember I got like an abridged version of 20,000 leagues under the sea from the library Mm. when I was like 
seven or something like that. And my dad was like, no, Forsyth's don't read abridged versions of things. You're going to wait until you're older and then you're going to read the real book. Mm. And I did. And it sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> it is really boring. It's super boring. Yeah. The abridged version was way better. I did read it. Yeah. But like that was very foundational. And I feel that way about, about movies in general too. Like I kind of want to wait until my kids are old enough to see the whole thing. But at the same time, I also feel like, especially as the family grows older and you have older kids and younger kids all sort of together in the same milieu, you want to show your older kids things that are interesting and you get sick of watching baby movies. Yeah. So you try to find that balance between, uh, between so, watching so, things so that, is that are okay. There's a balance, but yeah. there's also like something about cordoning off time. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of the families that I, that I knew, like you turned, there was a cool thing that I, I really like to try and incorporate, which is there was like family classics that was aged, aged off. Right. Right. Like when you turn 14, you can see these movies, 15, yeah. you can see these movies, 16. Mm. But the thing was, is that that birthday was always looked forward to because it was like an initiation. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Like now you can stay up with those kids at that time to see those kinds of movies. Yeah. And that was what it was about. It wasn't about having a general family. General family time was always catered to the lowest common denominator, right? Right. Whatever's appropriate for the youngest child, all of us are going to see. All right. And sorry if you've seen it before. Sucks. Sit down. We'll have a different family night. Maybe after the kids go to bed, then the older ones will stay up and we'll all watch a movie. And then what's fun is that the older kids feel kind of important. Yeah. You know, and they feel like they, they're they have to stay guns. up a little bit late. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to... Go to bed, you stupid kids. Like the kids, like we all watch The Incredibles, but now we're gonna watch The Fugitive. Yeah, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That was always really fun, and that's when the friends would come over and they'd be a part of that experience too. Yeah, right. like I, I think that's right, and I think ideally that's pretty great. But in in my family, what that devolved to, like I am <clears throat> number four out of five kids, right? That means I got to see more movies at my at whatever given age. I was than my older siblings did sure. because I like, it was kind of assumed that the kids were kind of together in a lot of ways, not in every, we hard, not in every movie. you guys apart. It, it was. And even my younger brother was kind of started being lumped in with me. So he ended up, ended up seeing movies even earlier, which is so I mess around from <laughs> trains, planes, and automobiles is one of his favorite. So you're, you're, you'd be like 10 years old. How old is your younger brother? Uh, he's, would he be like eight? He's like five years younger than me, so five. Wow, and he would just be like, "Wow, really? Yeah, well, like, how else do you do it? Like, would, we were, I would just grab. Oh, the we were also one and, like, good friends like, growing up. Like, barricade him in his room. I don't know. Yeah, this, but maybe that's like me speaking as as a parent with two kids and not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you can't just barricade him in his room. He's he's going to be around. So, like, how uh -huh. how do you how do you go about this? How do you not like rob the older kid but yeah. not traumatize the younger one? Well, and it's also true. I mean, it seems true to me at this point that like my second daughter is a little bit more okay with some things than my older daughter was partly because of like seeing our reaction to mm. it. Like we know now that our older daughter is fine Yeah. after seeing, I don't know, like some baby movie. And so, <laughs> but like she saw us being like, is she going to be okay? And she was like, Oh, I could get something out of this. Right. Like that, that sort of dynamic of where kids fall, I think does impact what, what they're able to see to a degree. Yeah. And what they're able to do in general. 
Because not all kids are equal, yeah. too. Like, you can yeah. have a kid that's totally fine. Like, apparently, Marin is totally fine with stuff that I found scary as well. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like, the stuff that I was scared by, she just is completely unaffected by. Yeah. But then she is, she asked me the other night, she's like, what is that on my ceiling? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, the lights. I said, you mean the, the, the light from your, between your shutters? She goes, yeah, what's that? It's like, it's just the light between your shutters. Oh, yeah, that'll be shutters. freaky, dude, if and, you didn't and, realize And, and she's that? like, okay. But it's like, <laughs> so you're not scared of the Cobra sorcerer from Aladdin, but like the lights from the shutters are giving you pause. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man. They're all different, I guess. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Like my daughter and my son are so different. Like my eldest daughter, she like she used to love the movie The Land Before Time. And they mm. recently rewatched that, that. So sad. after a couple years. She didn't remember it. And she ran away a few times. It's like, he used to watch this movie all the way through. Like, you know this movie. You used to know this movie beat for beat. Like, like violin note for violin note. Like, right. you used to know this. When Littlefoot's mom dies, that was like, oh, yeah, shit. But my son watched it all the way through for the first time. He had no issue with it. Right. And uh, he was excited to watch Lord of the Rings with me earlier because we said it was a scary movie. And that's what excites him. Pump scary, up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's <gonna be> scary. <laughs> Gets a sick thrill. I love it. Yeah, you gotta be like, yeah, it's boring. This is boring. This is grown up. He's he can be like ten years old. He can be like the Grudge, <laughs> <laughs> Ringu, <laughs> yeah, Hereditary. Oh yeah. man. Well, I think I think we've reached a, we not necessarily a consensus because this is like a this is an yeah. ongoing discussion. Probably report more on it. But also now that I'm thinking about it, like we recently watched Coda, which is a good family movie. There are, there's at least one scene in particular that like I would never want my kids to see. Interesting. It's really funny. Okay. And it's great. It It's a great scene, but it like, yeah, the mom and dad start having like, all right. So <laughs> you need to finish that sentence. All right, all right. So the plot of the movie is like breakfast. It's, it's a girl start that, having breakfast. Start <laughs> having breakfast. It's it's a girl who lives in a household where her entire family is deaf. Yes, and she, child of deaf adults, right? Yeah, and she has a friend over, and suddenly her mom gets really loud. She goes in, and her mom, her mom and dad are having sex, and she has to. Shut the lights off and on really quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I guess, I guess, for, yeah, that makes sense. That makes so but much for sense. a brief second, you see, and it's like, oh, my kids can't see. I, I don't. I would prefer that. I would prefer not. Yeah, I prefer not. I, prefer, yeah. I, I don't want them to think about like parents having sex for no. a second. No. No, that, that, that specifically is like a, a mirror shatter in um, in freshman year of college. Like mm -hmm. that, that's really when like, you can do that with all your friends and be like, oh, my parents have sex. Oh, <laughs> you can do that with your, with your friends. Yeah. 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 Away um, from you. Not, not a thing. But other than that, like it is, it's a great family movie. And that is like, but it's like one scene, one scene, but it's like something that I think I, I really want to show my kids someday. Maybe sooner than they're able to see that scene. Be super weird to sit with your kids in that movie. I'm just like, hey, if you ever come in and mom and I look no. anything like that, just no. flip those lights. No, no, you don't say, no, you don't no. say that. You don't have the knowledge <laughs> that is happening. Oh, man, yeah, we're not going to talk about obviously that. Obviously not. Michael. Obviously not. 
<laughs> Michael Forsythe. Um, but yeah, I think we're in some way. Yeah. I think that we are. And yeah, I think it's, a, yeah. it's also a, a kind of a case-by-case thing. That's why I wanted yeah. to bring up like the different examples. It seems to me that like, man, I wouldn't shut my, like if I'm not going to show my kid the dark Knight until they can watch the dark Knight. That's yeah. how I feel. Watch, like watch that's, the Bane movie. that's like, that's a good movie that oh, I want them to that? see. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and I mean, when like, they're 15, I'm not going to cover their, their eyes. I mean, like if I want to show them a scene out of it or something, I might put it on. I might be like, dude, you got to watch this, like this chase. It's incredible. Yeah. Like you're into cars. You want to see a chase scene? Here we go. I think so. Yeah. Again, again, I think it is really case by case. And I think that I would like to kind of hammer this out more with you guys. But we've been we've been running long in this one. All right, Jesse, since it's your birthday episode, is there anything else that you want to add on to this? Anything else you want to say? I love watching movies about people traveling in a car. I think it's inherently entertaining. One time in college, I heard someone, my a professor, talk about the difference between having a lover and having a friend and having a lover it's you stare into each other's eyes you get to know the object of attraction is the other person but yeah i mean you're looking right at me right now yeah i know (laughs) with friendship it's um it's staring at something else there's a third object and you are both facing it together and I, I've always loved the idea of cars because they both rep, the cars represent that idea the best. Yeah. In some ways, people are the most open in, in a car facing the same way together because they're not as intense. It's, yeah. it's not as intense as staring into another person's eyes. Right. Yeah. And I've always loved, I've, I've loved exploring that kind of friendship where there's another thing where you can both you can both pursue just like they do in the trip pursuing that comedic glory that we think that they're both going for or in dumb and dumber which is mary who harry doesn't even know yeah to give the that briefcase back or in planes trains and automobiles which is john candy helping steve martin find his family again and it turns out all along he didn't even need to really be doing that. He just he just wanted to make sure that he got back in time for Thanksgiving. I I find that inherently enjoyable and I love it. And I, I love being on a podcast with you guys. <laughs> Where we just yeah. I feel like we've grown closer just like focusing on doing this this one episode a week. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. It's beautiful. It has been great. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> For all of us in Necrophiles Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. Good night.